Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, episode 81, Dividend Growth Investing from a Spanish Perspective. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dividend Talk. Today we are joined by Javier, who is a Spanish Dividend Growth Investor. He's going to speak a little bit about his journey as an investor and some of the brokers that he is. Stay tuned and we'll see you on the inside. Hey, European DJ. How are you this Friday afternoon? Thank you, uh, Derek. I'm doing really well. Uh, first of all, we have got, of course, an interesting guest uh, on our show. It's the first time we have a Spanish speaker, so I'm really looking forward for that. Other than that, I also had a week off, so I spent a lot of time uh, writing my annual report this week, doing a lot of research. So I'm a bit uh, tired from it now, but I must say uh, I had a lot of personal insights again on how to improve this year. But uh, how about yourself? Hey, I have to say that the annual report was was awesome. It looks like a lot of work went into it, a lot of effort, but it was it was I enjoyed reading. It was a great read, so fair fair play, well done. Um, I'm I'm happy to be here, um, as always. As you said, you've already half introduced our guest. We have our first Spanish citizen here, and that is Javier. How are you, Javier? Hi, hi there. Hey, thank you, thank you very much for for having me here. I'm very good. Um, willing to to start the conversation awesome awesome hey look we're both excited to have you here and um, we've been following you on twitter for a little while and, and chatting away so we're quite excited to to talk and get to know you a bit more and, and just on that can you just maybe briefly introduce yourself to our listeners just give us a little bit of background who you are where you're from and and so on okay so my name is Javier and i'm, I'm from spain that's you already know and I'm, I'm from the south of Spain, from Cali, but I right now live in, in Cartagena, is in the east of Spain. Um, as you, as you, I guess, uh, I'm here in the podcast because I'm here in the podcast. I, I like dividend growth investing. I've been in the dividend growth community for, for a few years now. Um, not very active in Twitter, something that I'm planning to, to start maybe as a 2022 goal, um, but I I have a profile in in Netoro that we might talk about this later, in which I have been investing and publicly publicly uh, investing and sharing uh, for a few years for two years now. I have been investing for longer, but I started in the Toro broker uh, two years ago, and. I think uh, <clears throat> that's that's all. Maybe the introduction. Yeah, good. I I have to say I, I'm quite excited to talk a little bit about eToro later on. It's mm -hmm. it's new for me. I, I've heard of it before, but I've I've never really heard of anyone discuss it or or talk about it. So that would be yeah. So I I seen in Twitter because I I'm not active in Twitter, but I do have a profile and read uh, and follow many dividend growth investors there. And I see that eToro is not a popular broker uh, among dividend growth investors, maybe uh, in, in Twitter. 
Uh, I see that other brokers are used like the the Geo or T two one two. What what which I also use by the way because uh, I have broker accounts on those brokers uh, before uh, since I before I started in Etoro. But I think that Etoro is an interesting broker. Um, I I'm happy to to talk about it uh, later. Okay. Cool. So uh, I know you you follow the podcast a little bit. So usually we share a little bit of news of the week, um, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's any surprise what I'm going to start with. We all know Walgreens released their earnings yesterday, and I have to say they they did smash it out of the park again. They, they they've done so well. My only concern really is that a lot of this is hyped up by vaccines and COVID tests that they're doing, and we know that's not the not going to go on forever <laughs> but but hey you got to make hay while the sun shines don't you and and at the moment they're they're growing quite well i was quite happy with the results the, the retail sales actually went up 10 percent, which was which was good their international sales have gone up due to that german wholesale joint venture that they have with mckesson and um, boots.com i don't know if they have boots in spain but i know they do here in in ireland um, and that just continues to grow and grow. So quite um quite a solid start to the year and and a happy investor here. Yeah, we we don't have a working boots in Spain, but I've read a, in the the news as well. And I'm I agree with you that those have been very good uh, results and earnings. And I was surprised that the 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 price actually dropped after the the earnings in earnings release. Yeah, I think, um, the, I think the price dropped because if you look, they gave some concerns or, or what could impact them. And I think there's rising costs. So they're, they're struggling to meet the labor demands. And then mm -hmm. to obviously meet the labor demands, they have to pay people more, um, which see. obviously costs a lot more money. So I think yeah. that had a huge reason behind the, the drop in price. But Yeah, maybe also the, the US government is planning to issue free a COVID test uh, to American citizens, and that's a big share of the working boots at a business. So yeah. maybe investors are afraid that uh, the company loses uh, earnings due to the those pre COVID being uh, like distributed in the, the United States. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I was thinking to say, well, I mean, as I said previously, vaccines and and COVID can't go on forever. So. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it would have to drop off or, or taper yeah. off. It's still a, a good company, though I think. Yeah. And European DJI, what have you found first this week? Well, I, I found actually quite uh, funny that the, there was quite some hype on the internet. I even heard it in my social circle, uh, people talking about how much Tim Cook earned last last year because he earned around $100 million uh, last year. And I found it interesting because there's always this uh, kind of like, oh, CEOs earn too much. And I generally agree with that if you look at their performance and track record. But there, if there's one person that uh, deserves to earn even 10 times more, then it's uh, Tim Cook. But what I find even more interesting that nobody talks about is uh, because I did a back on the napkin calculation. And for instance, Warren Buffett just last year alone in dividends received around $130 million. So even 30% more than Tim Cook just via the holdings of Berkshire in uh, Apple and then his, his share in Berkshire again. So for me, this is really funny, like how these two big guys are earning lots of lots of money. But I see the 
the one as Buffett really laughing the hardest because he's just sitting at home and and, and reading annual reports for fun and still <laughs> earning more than the the best performing uh, company CEO in the world. That that is why we're dividend growth investors. We don't, <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't want to do the work. We just want to make the money. Yeah, we want others to do the work. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that's an awesome story. And he only earned three million. I say only, but he, he only earned three million as his base salary. The rest is bonuses and shares and yeah. stocks. And, and yeah, yeah. And then imagine Buffett, no salary at all from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tim had a three million head start on him. Exactly. Even though. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, so what we might do, actually, we do this for a bit of fun, Javier, um, just to mm -hmm. get to know you and, and just to, to lighten up, but we do this rapid fire round, okay? Okay. Um, it's, it's quite easy. We'll ask, you, um, we'll ask you five questions. It'll be like apples or oranges, and you just have to answer which one you, you think straight away. And if you want to clarify anything at the end, feel okay. free. Okay, so I will ask you the five questions. And the first one is, Barcelona or Real Madrid? Real Madrid, obviously. Okay. <laughs> es Estrella or San Miguel? Estrella. Okay. Apple or Microsoft? Apple. Okay. Um, Bitcoin or Palantir? Bitcoin. Okay. And the last one is Buffett or Munger? Buffett. Uh, no. Honestly, I think I'd agree with all of those. <laughs> yeah, what is the questions for me? I I I, I was afraid that there were a hardest question to to answer. You know, uh, but... we try to keep them. Try keep them easy. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. Can it's you nice. clarify your answer? Uh, on yeah, this sure. For Palantir. No, because, it was easy because uh, I don't know. I, I'm not very into the crypto world, so I don't know Palantir. I, I know Bitcoin, Bitcoin because it's like the the best known cryptocurrency, I, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I actually know uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, or, and no, not very much. So I, if I had to choose between Bitcoin or Palantir, as I don't know anything about Palantir, I will go uh, with, with Bitcoin. You sound like a real dividend growth investor. So this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so on on that note, then we might just start we might start kicking off with a few questions. And the first the first question for me is, how did you become a dividend growth investor? It's it's a long long story, I think, um, because. Mm, when I started investing, I, I didn't start with, with dividend growth stocks. I, I started like the easy way, I would say. I started investing in mutual funds, index mutual funds. And I, I, I kept reading books about investing. And I wanted to make my, my own stock picks. I, I wanted to, to be more active in investing. I, I have always liked uh, like the the business and the management world. I like to go into financial statements and and business strategy. So I wanted to to be more active in investing. And after I read a few books, I I made my first picks that didn't go well. Actually, <laughs> the the first of them, 
Um, I I realized after that I realized that some something was was missing for me. Like I I had chosen chosen my, the stocks based not based in the dividend in dividend but in other factors, and I miss something that I uh, that I I miss seeing like the profit of those stocks in my in my account. I miss the the dividend. So I started to research and to learn about dividends and about dividend stocks. I reached the dividend aristocrats in the US and I discovered some European dividend companies that I like and I decided to go ahead and, and build my, my own dividend portfolio. Uh, that I wanted to be an international dividend portfolio with some bias for European stocks and for yeah, American stocks because I feel like are the the like the best stocks or maybe the the ones that have been paying dividends for for a longer time. So, yeah. um, but I, I still wanted to to have some international stocks, not European, not American, and here I am. I, I have been a few years in the with the portfolio. So, so you mentioned then that you you started by reading books. Do, do you know mm -hmm. which which books you started to read? Yeah. So um, I remember a few. I, I have read many, but the the ones that I remember most because were were the best ones for me. Uh, it was the the four pillars of investing. I think that is called in English the four pillars of investing by Bernstein. Um, and also stocks for the long run. Yeah, that's a very, very good uh, book. And in that book, actually, I learned that dividend stocks and historically dividend stocks have returned better profits or have returned more profit than than not dividend stocks historically in the broad market. And so I, I found that that fact very interesting for to focusing in stocks, but in dividend stocks, but um, I focus on dividend stocks not only for for that fact, like better profits or more return, but also for the psychological fact that I like to see the dividend coming into my account. Something that people usually say that it's a silly thing you know, or something stupid, but I, I I really think that is something important because psychology is a big share in the in the returns in in investing. Yeah, I, I agree because we, we spoke about this. We've had a few guests on here that have spoke about uh, growth investing or, or value mm -hmm. investing. And it's a different psychological edge. Like yeah. your mind has to be tuned in, but I'm I'm exactly like you. I prefer to see, I prefer to have the money in my hand than, than, than looking at it. So I, I, yeah. I completely agree. Now, I, I know you're from, from Spain. So uh, like, in Ireland, the dividend culture here is is not quite there. Okay, what's it like over in Spain? Is there a lot of dividend investors? Is it accepted or is it is it something that? Mm, not no, I, I I think that in in Spain is not a, a dividend growth is not a, a popular investing strategy. And actually, it was hard for me at first to start dividend growth investing because any 
anyone I could ask and like uh, from my friends or from people that I know that uh, knew about investing and when I asked it, uh, uh, to them about asked them about dividend dividend investing they they told me like two things the first is that it's not that tax efficient uh, strategy in Spain we maybe we we can talk about uh, and tax taxes in, in Spain in dividend growth in dividend investing, and the second one is that uh, there are popular stocks like uh, Amazon or maybe Tesla they do not buy do not do not pay dividends. So they they think people usually think that it's not a good dividend uh, dividend growth is not a good strategy. Mm, but still, uh, I think that the dividend growth in a uh, community in Spain is is grow, growing now, and uh, I have found some some profiles and some people that uh, they they are interested in dividend growth investing. It's still not a, a common a common strategy. Uh, that's quite interesting because uh, if we look at our followers and just in general when we look in twitter there's a really huge uh, spanish community but i guess compared to the population size uh, i can imagine uh, uh, what you, what you mean with that of course um uh, so tell us then a little bit like what is it with the tax situation in, in in spain when we think about dividend investing okay so the thing in spain is that in dividends or dividends received are taxed uh, between 19 and 21 percent dividends coming from Spanish companies. Mm -hmm. When dividends come from international companies or from foreign stocks, those dividends have a withholding tax, the uh, the tax in origin, and then they are taxed in in Spain with the 19 to 21, depending on how much dividend you receive during the year. Uh, 19, 21% of the the remaining dividend. Still, Spain has a double tax uh, agreements with many countries. Uh, I, I I think that Ireland and, and Poland are are the same. But Spain has double tax agreements with the United States and with all European countries. And up to uh, the Spanish government gives back up to 15% of the withholding tax. So when the withholding tax is 15% or less, it's like only being taxed in, in Spain with the with the 19 to 21%. But the, the the main difference is or the main problem is that uh, mutual funds in Spain have a a good treatment, a good tax, tax treatment. So funds, uh, the shares in mutual funds can be transferred from one fund to another without paying any tax uh, for the for the gains for the for the profits. That's something that you cannot do with with a stock, for example. You cannot transfer your funds from Apple to Microsoft without selling and actual uh, actually paying. Uh, from the from the gains uh, for the gains or for the profit with the mutual fund you can do that and that's one of the reasons that i think that many spanish investors like mutual funds rather than than individual stocks oh that's that's quite something so so 
did you say then that it's 19% on top of the withholding tax or is it you pay the withholding tax and it's the remainder of the 19%? The remainder. So you pay you handle tax, the withholding tax and the remain uh, cash of the dividend is taxed uh, between 19 to 21%. But if there is a double tax agreement, uh, that 15% per uh, is given back to you, not actually given back, but is given back in form of a tax credit so yep. that the Spanish government only charges you the, the, remaining, the remaining quantity up to the 19%. Okay, and if you sell a stock uh, on, and you have capital appreciation, do you mm -hmm. have capital gains tax on, on, on companies? Yeah, so you, you have to pay for dividends received and for capital gains. And what's the percentage for capital gains? It's the same. It's oh, okay. between 19 to 21%, depending on the total amount total amount that you you have uh, that year. Okay, so you're still cheaper. It's <laughs> still cheaper in Ireland. In, in Ireland, how much is it in Ireland? Uh, capital gains is 33%, uh, mm -hmm. and dividend income is taxed at your marginal rate. So... We've got two bands. We've got uh, twenty. I think it's twenty-one percent and a forty percent. I see. So you're taxed at either one, depending on what wage cap you're in. Okay. But but Javier, it also means then that uh, to your point that it's um, I said also more interesting, I guess, for Spanish investors to invest in stocks in Spain, listed in Spain, right? Also from a dividend stock point of view, because of the hassle of claiming back dividend taxes and everything. Um, what are some popular dividend stocks in Spain to invest in? Mm. <clears throat> so, there are, actually in Spain, mm, I don't think that there are many or it's not the most common uh, uh, strategy, investing strategy, the dividend, dividend strategy, but uh, the, the companies here uh, usually pay dividends. Uh, there are many companies that pay dividends and actually high yields. But um, there are not very good companies, uh, dividend growth companies. Are companies that pay dividends, but not dividend growth companies, not like, as I like to see it. And popular dividend companies, um, I would say actually Enagas and Red Electrica. Those are two companies that I, I think that uh, maybe Derek, you have it in your portfolio. and. European dividend growth investor had it in had them in the Nobel 30 index, but I had the I, I think that he had them removed because yeah, Red Electrica uh, is out because they did a five cent dividend cut uh, last yes. year. But Red uh, Electrica, yeah. right? But Enagas didn't didn't include it, right? Uh, not yet. No. I think uh, no. they are like no. one year short or something like that yeah. to get in there. Yeah, so those are very, very popular because those are the companies with the longest history in dividend distribution. Uh, I actually had them in my in my portfolio until um, a few months ago that I sold them because I wasn't sure about their ability to maintain the dividend. And actually, Red Electrica cut the dividend soon after work. Um, those are those how I, I think that are the, the most known uh, dividend dividend companies red electric and, and energas okay and is there any unknown crown jewels that we that we should consider looking for 
if I, I can say one, uh, I, I'm, I still have to do my work on, on that, on this one, because I, actually I'm currently researching it. And is Viscofan, ticker is V-I-S. And it's a company that manufactures casings for, for meat, like to, to store the meat. And so yeah. Viscofan manufactures the casings for meat. Um, is actually one of the main players in that business. Uh, it's been distributing dividends for, for a long time. It, it had a, a dividend cut, uh, like I think that in 2011 or 2010. But I, I think it's a good company. It has good margins and uh, it, it has a business niche and maybe an interesting pick. You're the, believe it or not, that's the, the second time today someone from Spain has mentioned that company to us. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it came up in, in one of our chats um, mm -hmm. literally a couple of hours ago. It's it's the first time I've heard of them. Um, I, know, I know you mentioned them, so they, 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 they I, must I, be I, good. I, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm going through, I'm researching, I'm researching this company right now. Um, and I haven't finished yet. Uh, so I cannot make a final statement, but uh, I think that is 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 good to give it uh, a chance to to maybe re uh, study it uh, deeper. Yeah, yeah. They 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 look like they have a nice dividend history. That's that's all I say. Yeah. From from two thousand eleven to to two thousand twenty. Hmm. Anyway. This <laughs> is. So th this then also maybe a, a nice time now to to start to talk a little little bit about investing in eToro um, mm -hmm. and, and such. Can you explain a little bit more about it? Because like like you mentioned in the beginning, I think Derek and myself we have accounts at the Hero Interactive Brokers Trading Two One Two, and eToro indeed is a little unknown. Um, I actually have an allergy from it just from all the YouTube commercials where yeah. I see a guy uh, kicking a ball up that I think like he is so not a football player. That I don't even want to associate myself with the broker, but maybe I'm just too biased in it. So, tell us a bit more about it and why do you like it so much? I, I mean, I, I can I can understand you because uh, if I, I used to feel the same. All right, uh, I I was constantly watching all the YouTube ads, and I I thought that it was a broker only for maybe for crypto or for trading for short term trading, and uh, a friend told me about uh, investing in stocks in in eToro zero percent fee it, it that it only has like a small um, spread and i decided to to give it a try um i like what i like what, what i see what, what i saw what they saw um I build a, a portfolio there, like the same portfolio that I have in other brokers, because uh, as I, I have said, I, I have been in the dividend growth in, uh, world, uh, investing for uh, before I started in Toro. So I also use the, the Giro and trading 212. I build the same portfolio in the in Toro. And I've been there since then. Uh, I, I can say, um, uh, uh, one thing that is good and one thing that is bad or not that good in eToro. The thing that I think is good is that there, 
the fees are very low. Uh, it's just a small, small spread, no, no fees uh, for for investing in stocks. Um, and you also have a, a broad market, uh, many, many stocks to invest uh, from from uh, many different countries. You can invest in American stocks and almost every European stock, also Chinese, uh, Chinese stocks. Um, you have many, many stocks to, to choose. Um, the social, the social trading there is very, very good. In it. So you can you can share what you want, what you think about different different companies and read what other investors think about about the companies. Is all about sharing and discuss. It's a very good thing. What I don't like about the tour uh, so far is that they do not have the WHB form so that US uh, stocks are charged the, the, the dividends from those for American stocks are taxed 30% instead 15% as in other brokers. So that is a problem. That is a problem. Well, and I, I have to say that I think that the Toro team is working on it because my other thing that I like about the Toro is that it's like a, a new broker, but um, that is constantly improving and make, uh, hearing like the um, uh, suggestions that investors make to the team and they try to apply them and to, to improve the platform. Um, I hope that they they address this problem of the double tax agreement uh, in the near term. That's though it's a negative point so far. Yeah, when 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 I when I think of eToro, first of all, I I see it more as a social platform, mm -hmm. and and you can correct me, but I always get the feeling that it's for a casual investor or, or like you said maybe it gives me the feeling not not for the long term but what what concerns me is is my money safe there that's that's probably the first the first question i ask so when i yeah. when i invest in the hero i know i have i, I have a certain amount of protection and the same in uh, interactive brokers with mm -hmm. etoro and I, I've, I've tried to look them up a little bit I, I know they are registered and regulated in cyprus and australia but i'm not sure what protection i have in terms of my money in that yeah i i think that you have uh the same the same protection that you have in in the year um in actually in in interactive broker right now because i think that the total amount protected is twenty thousand euro right and in itora is the same um itora is regulated not only I, I i understand you because i i have the same like questions and doubts at first um uh, it's not only regulated in Chipre uh um where where did you say that it's, it's regulated in Chipre and also in by the FCA in in the UK and in Australia as well and recently it's been approved in the US as well so i i, I think that this uh, like a global broker is well and very well regulated and in my opinion is well protected I, I i wouldn't invest money there if i felt that it wasn't sure, sure. but i really think that is a sure but uh, a safe platform um uh, it, it has also a very very big big community uh, that gives me like confidence as well 
Mm, I I don't know. I feel I feel safe. Really, really. Okay. And and who do you do you follow? Do you follow other traders, or are are you yeah. an influencer? And people follow you. Yeah, so uh, I I do both things and both things I I follow people there in Etoro. Uh, uh, I learn from from many different investors, and I also started to share to share my my, my, my dividend growth strategy. Um, like how how do I see investing and how do I pick my stocks? And some people started to follow me, so right now I'm what is called in Etoro a popular investor. Uh, it's said to an investor that has some some people that follow him and some people that copy their their their, their investments uh, so right now uh, i have some people that are uh, copying my portfolio so every trade that I, that I do they they have the same trade done in their account that's a very interesting future in it or that i don't i don't think that any other broker have yeah. Uh, trading two one two have something similar with the with the buys. Uh, I also have my my buy deal in there in the in trading two one two. But it's like uh, the thing is that when you invest in Toro, you invest more in like in the person. And yeah. when you copy in Toro, you copy the person. And when you copy in trading two one two, you copy the the portfolio, right? The buy, right? Yeah, that's the so difference. So, so knowing then that you are a popular investor, does mm -hmm. that add pressure? Knowing that when you buy something on Etoro, that it's mm -hmm. going to affect—I don't know how many, but to say mm -hmm. many different people—would does that does that play a part when you're making mm -hmm. a purchase there? Because I, I mean, because honestly, um, I I would struggle with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very I'm very straight with my with 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 my followers or with my profile. Everything is like a open uh, you can uh, followers and eToro users can see uh, everything and you can see the trades that i do they can see the, the uh, my, my returns over time um they, they they can choose open a copy and close it whenever they want so i i try to be very very clear with my strategy where 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 when with the the companies that I like, the companies that I have under the radar, and how do I build my portfolio? And I just do what what I do, uh, like what what I feel that is better. Uh, um, I do not think like people can choose to to leave me where, whenever they want. I, I, I try to just just do good good trades and uh, buy good companies. I I don't do many trades. I am a long-term long investor, so use a few ones, uh, maybe during the year, and use collect dividends. Uh, no more. From that point of view, then, Javier, what have been your, you know, the investments that you're most proud of that you've maybe done in the last one, two years? Mm, the, I can I can say the. My my two last incorporations to the portfolio uh, that are row row price and uh, yep. t, t row price. It's a company that I didn't know much, but after I went through it and researched it a little bit, I I found it a very interesting company, good margins, 
good returns, good dividend, and uh, it's a dividend aristocrat. Mm, it's, it was a hidden gem for me. And the second is the Royal Bank of Canada. Uh, I like it because it's also a good dividend company with a good moat and good returns. And it's, it's a way also to diversify my portfolio from American and European stocks, uh, a Canadian stocks still has a big share of, it, of its business in, in the United States, but mm, I found it also interesting. Um, I, I do not follow um, like the constantly the if the price is up or down. I just keep receiving dividends if um, I'm monitoring the companies and if everything is right and it doesn't anything anything changes, I I keep with them in the portfolio. Good. And uh, maybe we might we might finish up with one last question, and mm -hmm. that would be, have you got any advice for beginner investors into dividend growth investing? Yeah, so I would say um, not to maybe not, not, not to rush and uh, just um, read and learn and ask people um, and once they have learned to start to give their the first steps not to keep or get stuck in the reading or or in the reading thing like or maybe waiting for the best time to invest i i would say that is better time in the market that market timing right yeah um i will also tell them that do not hear people that say that dividend investing is not worth it or that, that there are more profitable ways to to invest mm, i think that there is not a better way to invest than other just each person has a like a personality and that personality matches like a investing style and each of us has a, like a different style that is better for us as I have said, psychology is, uh, plays a big role in all our returns. And if we do not choose the right invest, investing strategy for us, it won't be good uh, for for money. So don't don't hear the noise. Don't don't hear people like saying that um, growth value uh, crypto is better. If you feel like dividend is good for you, go go stick to it and stick to to the strategy and keep collecting dividends that is what they like to say good some good advice there um i i have to say that i will share your profile um on etoro that's okay i think you do some really nice posts and I, i've been i've been going through them so i, I think okay. people should should check you out but thanks a million for that that was that was quite interesting for me and a, a new perspective and a new broker to maybe to look at okay perfect Okay, we might jump on to some of our listeners' questions. Um, so yep. listeners will will write in and we'll, we'll, we'll try our best to answer them. And the first one is from Rafa, and he has asked you in particular, what's your favorite Spanish stock that you own in your portfolio? Okay, um, that's, that's easy because right now I only own one stock, Spanish stock in my portfolio. 
and is Inditex. Inditex is, mm, I think, the, the biggest retail company in worldwide. Um, it, it has a long history of of dividends. It had a dividend cut, uh, like during the pandemic. Uh, uh, the company had the the dividend its dividend cut be just to keep enough cash reserves, but still, it's a good company has good margins and is is back on track uh, distributing dividend. I'm very confident uh, with the company and um, I, I plan to keep it uh, for the long term. Good, good. Um, I, I'm familiar with that company because Phil, who who is a regular listener, wrote a, a blog post for me on, on IndyTex before. So it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a company I've been watching, but like you said, they did cut their dividends. So yeah, I, they did. I, I, I stayed away. Um, the next question is from Reasonable Yield, and he has asked us, I'd like to know how you feel about balancing potential for capital appreciation versus just yield. Um, so, example, buying AT&T only to underperform on a total return basis. Yeah, so um, I, I, I like to say that I I buy companies with a good dividend growth history, or yes, with a, a dividend a good dividend chart record. But I do not buy them because of the dividend. I think that the dividend is a consequence of a good business. So if you I I will I will never buy a company for only for a high yield. Like in this case, I don't I don't like AT and AT, so it's easy for me. I even though it has a, a high yield, I will never buy it because I feel that it's not a good business. And on the contrary, if I I found like a good business with a low yield, maybe for, for example Apple, I will consider to buy it. Uh, I still had to to make some some research and to decide if the dividend is too low for me. But I would rather buy a good company with a low dividend than a bad company with a high dividend yield. Cool. Um, Future Dividends has asked us then, how much planning goes into investing in 2022? Do you plan to invest a certain amount monthly and is there flexibility there? Yeah, I have like, a, I, I have my, a clear plan and I invest, uh, I have a monthly savings for my salary and th those monthly savings go straight to my, my portfolio and to my whole portfolio. I, I have my, my total portfolio. I also have portfolios in other accounts. Uh, as I have said, I distribute the, that amount among uh, my, my whole portfolio and that's uh, every month the same. And by, Pay me first, uh, as is usually said in the investing world. And, and what is your savings rate so far? My saving rates is close to fifty percent. Wow! Wow! Good job! Yeah. Good job! Not, not many, not many expenses for so far. Like I, and I not married. I don't know have children, so <laughs> is is easy, right? <laughs> 
Well, it depends, right? If your if your future wife uh, uh, also has a job, then maybe mm. there's even more potential for savings. So yeah. it all depends. Yeah. So I have problem this year. That's true. Is that I'm right now planning a wedding, and that's a big like expense or to to face, right? But I still have like the budget done. I I I expect to be able to keep my my saving rate uh, overall during the year. Okay. Well, if if you doubt, send her to us. We'll we'll do some uh, uh, selection to see if she's really a saving rate. I said material for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, Martin has has asked us about his core satellite investing strategy. Um, he already has 15% position in S&P 500. He wants 60% and then he wants to invest the rest in some high quality dividend payers like Johnson Johnson, Texas Instruments. Um, and then he wants to add three more ETFs with a historical growth rate of 7%. Um, so he just wants to know what we what we think of that really. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think we've got something similar before where someone had a, a similar setup and I mean I, I I personally don't see anything anything quite wrong with it no. I, I, I like it quite a lot um, I've been chatting with Martin in the past a little bit I think um, uh, what he's trying to do is just really to have a fundament in 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 something where you don't need to look after you know that if you have individual stocks you need to do more maintenance more management and if he has it in the, in the core of a few indexes or a really large index, I think it really allows you to sleep well at night, right? And just contributing on a monthly basis will do most of the job uh, uh, for you. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing: not, not everybody likes to read annual reports or and and so on. So for the for the majority of people, this would probably work just as well as what we do. Um, Centrino has asked us, what was your highest yield stock paying in December? Uh, mine is easy, Enegas. <laughs> that was an easy one for me. Enegas. In, in my case, was uh, I, I had two companies yielding about the same. One was Unilever uh, in early December, and the second one is CLP Holdings is a utility company in China, around four percent as well. I think mine was Royal Dutch Shell. Cool. Um, and then a couple more questions. So, just wondering how your brokerage fees and which brokerage you both use. Um, he, he lives in Estonia and he has pretty high fees in local banks. I know we spoke about Etaro has has zero fees. Trading two one two has zero fees, um, and I use Interactive Brokers and the Giro, which are, are pretty low fees. But I, I'm not sure what the fees are like if you live in Estonia. That's that's the only. Well, the question is if he has access to those, right? Because yeah. generally those are low cost brokers. So if he has access to any of those uh, brokers, I'm sure that Estonia will also uh, get a good deal out of it. Yeah, they're they're the, they're the main ones that I think we all use. Um, Nick Scott has asked us, how will your strategies change as you approach a freedom date? 
Oh, that's a very interesting one. Uh, if I would only know. So my strategy is there to actually push all the money in there every month and I need it until the finish line, right? Uh, Although, of course, I get less dependent on the savings rate as soon as the dividends are, are, are higher. I don't think I would change too much. It's rather a question, what will I do with my strategy after I, I have this ultimate freedom, right? Will I continue working or not? So I don't think it would change at all, but uh, ask me again in four or five years when I'm closer. I mean, you're closer than me, so you have, um, you, you'll reach that point well before I will. Do you know what? It's a good question because at the moment you're focusing on increasing, increasing your dividend income and you get to a certain point where you've reached your goal and now you want to live off that that income and it's not going to grow as much anymore because i assume maybe you won't work or you're working less and you're going to be extracting that income out and it'll be a, a bit of a change psychologically i think yeah i've read on many blogs of people that reached retirement um that they that it wasn't what they expected yeah, that they didn't know how to deal with themselves being suddenly alone, uh, all their social contacts still at work. And what do you do then? You're with the grannies in the supermarket during the day. So I think I will definitely have a lot of adjustment. Uh, and, and how you sit, uh, kind of um, former drug addict uh, kind of feelings, like like you really need to kick <laughs> off from this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how about you, Javier? Have you thought yeah. a little bit about what you would do if you ever reached that? That's no. freedom. So, um, I, I, okay, we we all invest for that, right? We we all are expecting to that day in which dividends cover our expenses. That is my final goal. And I I have not thought what I will do. I don't know if I will quit working. I enjoy I enjoy my my work my job. So I I I, I just think it, uh, think on it like. Uh, something that I enjoy and uh, then they like the path I enjoy in the path the building my portfolio sharing it like discussing research the company is something that I enjoy and once I reach the point uh, I will find out what what I want to do but <clears throat> I think the question was about adjustment in adjustments in the portfolio and if I had to say one not necessarily but right now mm, I do not mm, worry too much about low yield, high growth versus high yield, low growth companies. I have a mix of them in the portfolio, but maybe as the like the retirement date or the financial financial freedom date uh, comes, uh, I might uh, bias or have a preference for higher yielding stocks and rather than for low yield air uh, high growth stocks like apple or microsoft for example versus uh, some higher yield stocks like unilever or um gsk for example okay good um and then the last question comes from s-l-i-n-t and he loves our podcast which is which is great but he says he never hears us discussing business development companies bdc companies like take our m-a-i-n um what's your take on them 
Um, so actually, I, I I know it's not on the podcast, but I made a video once about uh, monthly paying stocks and Maine is one of them. And it's indeed a business development company. You know, the issue is why I'm not such a big fan of it. The, so truth to be told, they are usually high yielding stocks, but you depend so much on management. And usually those are also small firms. And I don't feel comfortable with business development companies in general for for that sole reason that it's hard to grasp them it's hard to really get a feeling for management and if i don't if i can't understand the company or get a good feeling with it i i rather pass on them so i have studied uh, business development companies in the past because they are having often really attractive yields but yields but that's actually just the reason too, too complex for me to understand yeah, and, and, and me too. I, I will say that there's a guy on YouTube, Dividend Bull, I think his name is, who who analyzes all these types of companies and he's pretty popular and he and seems pretty good. So he'd be worth checking out. I agree with you, with the, both, or two, uh, both of you. And like, mm, I haven't gone through those companies uh, very much, so I cannot give like a good opinion about them. Um, okay, that's that's all the questions. Thanks, thanks for everyone for for your questions as usual. Um, usually we do a stock pick of the week, maybe at, at this point. Um, so if you were to pick one company in your portfolio that you had to recommend right now, Javier, which which company would it be and why? Okay, so if I had to choose just one company for dividend investing, uh, I I have a clear. Uh, choice and is Realty Income. It's a REIT company uh, with like nearly 6,000 properties around United States. It's now expanding to Europe. It has bought some properties in Spain as well. And it it is it calls in uh, itself the dividend company. It, pay, it has been paying monthly dividend, uh, growing dividends for more than 25 years so i find it like a great company with uh, like properties rented to to high quality tenants and among different industries so i think that is a business that is diversified itself and it pays a very good dividend monthly that is an uncommon thing uh, it's the the stock that i would recommend if i had to choose just one Awesome. I, I don't think anybody here will argue with that choice. Nice pick. Okay. Um, so with that, that's that's the end of our show. It's been a pleasure having you on, Javier. It was great to hear your story. Um, and as I mentioned, a, a new broker, a new perspective to dividend growth investing. So thank you very much for, for joining us both here. Yeah, great to be here. It's been a pleasure. Nice to be here with you, both of you guys. Thank you. Okay, and we'll see all our listeners this time next week.